Hold on a sec. Hello, Ainsley. I have an echo, can you hear me to sleep? Yeah. You, you had a really good way to sleep. Did it pick up? Uh, so, Ainsley, come here, Ainsley. So, I had a question. Hi. She can't hear you, unfortunately. Uh, but she has the hiccups and can't sleep, so I'm going to go have her drink from the wrong side of a glass. That's the I'll probably also try to scare her. So like, ah! <laughs> Wait, Wait. Wait. Did that do it? <laughs> okay, good night. Welcome to episode number 86 of The Memory Jar. As always, we're here to remember the cards, the decks, the people, and the stories that make magic the game we love. I'm David Prestwood, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Christian Wright. Christian, how are you doing this week? I'm doing all right. You know, keeping my lips sealed and not spilling the tea on anything. What? Why? We're, you can't keep your lips sealed. We're a podcast. What are you talking about? Uh, well, I don't want there to be any leaks. Like, I don't want anything to come out before our episode comes out. So I'm not going to pay the three or say anything for this as podcast. That's totally going to happen. You still pay the three. That's a that's a Manalik reference. That's that's where we're going. Yes. Okay. Well, that was a very convoluted and tortured introduction, which I think you are becoming very good at. Uh, And (laughs) we're going to talk about leaks today. With recent news about leaks in the magic community, we thought we would do a deeper dive on leaks historically in magic. No, we're not talking about the onion-type vegetable, but cards that are released before their time. And also, I guess we'll talk about some cards with leak in the name, you know, asking if an opponent would like to pay an extra amount of mana to resolve a spell. We'll just talk about all things leak this episode. Sound good to you? Sounds great to me. But before we do that, let us spill the tea and leak out the memory jar. Is that what happens when the memory jar cracks open? The, the tea that's inside spill out? Because I, I thought it was full yeah. of memories. That's why it's a memory jar. Well, but it's the memory is tea. Like, oh. if you think about it, isn't a memory jar just opening up to all the gossip you know? Makes you think. Mm-hmm. The, the gossip you keep in your... You know what? I'm not going to analyze this any further. I'm going to talk about our card. It's complicated. Wow. What are the odds we get a mana leak type card as the random card of the leak episode? This is an uncommon originally from and only printed in Onslaught. It's two and a blue for an instant. It says counter target spell unless it's controller pays three. It also has cycling for two and a blue. So you can pay that and discard this to draw a card. And when you cycle complicate, you can counter a spell unless it's controller pays one. So this is basically a slightly overcosted mana leak that turns into a slightly overcosted four spike but that lets you draw a card this is pretty sweet it's sweet and the fact that you cycle it means that you have to use a stifle type spell to counter it instead of an actual spell so it's Mm. sneakily powerful that's pretty good was this good in the limited format yes there's a lot of cycling matter stuff so it's also just a flexible quasi removal spell so yes very very good I know this was part of an uncommon cycle in Onslaught, as you often see with cycling cards. They are in cycles. I think Slice and Dice is probably the the most famous one here that's four red-red sorcery that deals four to each creature, but you can cycle it for two and a red, and then it will deal one to each creature while you get to draw your card. I really like these cards that have a regular ability, and then they let you cycle for a smaller version of that effect, or even a totally different effect. There was an uncommon cycle in Amonkhet that 
I would consider headlined by Deem Worthy, mm-hmm. which was a nice card in that format. That was four and a red for an instant that dealt seven to a creature. You could cycle it for three and a red, and then it would deal two to a creature, which I assume this card was cycled almost all of the time because of how fast that format went. But just a really neat way to get extra utility out of a card. And, you know, it's cycling is kind of like a form of kicker. It's just these nice modal abilities. Give me cycling on more cards, please. Yeah, and back when Onslaught was legal, there was Astral Slide, which was broken. But, you know, a lot of people did play things like Renewed Faith, which was Mm -hmm. a bad life gain spell on its own. But the fact that you could gain two life and also replace it for pretty cheap, it's pretty good. Like, it's a good anti-aggro card, or just a good card in general. And there's almost no downside to running it. Whenever we see cycling as that main effect, we a lot of times see these types of cards that have that extra effect too. So... I hope they, as they, they've decided cycling now is deciduous, so they'll use it whenever, wherever. I hope we see more of that stuff where you can get like a powered down, you know, version of the spell for the cycling cost and, you know, get it, at least make it quasi encounterable too, which helps. Yeah, really cool for draft. I also like the flexibility to do things that are totally different effects. One of my favorite cards from the Omnicat block was Nimble Obstructionist which was a flyer that you could just cycle for a stifle effect to counter an activated or triggered ability, which is always great and never expected. Uh, Really cool. Really cool. All right. Well, why don't we get on to the main show? Christian, you did most of the legwork for this show. So thank you for that, first of all. And secondly, I'm going to let you uh, kick us off here on our topic. Yeah. So magic being a nerd fandom that was fairly insular for a very long time what i know right crazy we all only wanted to talk to the nerds and not let like women in crazy wild i don't know about you but Um, i'm a jock clearly (laughs) exactly if you know you know (laughs) well it turns out that um in honor of what happened recently with frexia all is one I, f- I figured let's go through some famous leaks in Magic history, right? So mainly we're going to talk about like some of the famous spoiling of cards done way too early. There is one notable uh, tournament one, which we'll, I'll talk about maybe on a future episode, where essentially a combo deck was found out because someone went to the bathroom and overheard it in the bathroom, which is an insane story. <laughs> but I figured let's talk about some, you know, there's mana leaks. Those are famous types of cards, which we're going to add to our magic card dictionary if it's not already in there. And um, cards with leak in their name. Why not? Let's just tie it all together in a bow. Oh, my friend, rest assured mana leak is in the magic card dictionary. It gets its name from mana leak. It originated on power sync. We we have it in there. It's a type of card. We can talk about some today. Yeah. So yeah, it's in the magic dictionary, but let's talk about some famous card leaks. Like there's been some infamous ones. We'll start kind of early in magic history and tie two together that were kind of leaked the same way both the set judgment and the set conflux were found out because some idiot uploaded them to magic online too early <laughs> and people <laughs> found out about the set <laughs> so they were uploaded was it data mining that found them or were they just available in a viewer or what happened there i'm pretty sure they're data mined so okay judgment was notoriously early this is the more famous of the two so um, back in the day, they had to upload everything to Magic Online, and then you get to play with the cards online. And they were kind of released simultaneously in paper and in on Magic Online. But uh, they accidentally spoiled Judgment months, months before it was going to come out. Wow. Yeah. 
So basically, people got to test the cards. They figured out real quickly like what the good cards were and what the bad cards were. So by the time the pre-release came around, most people in the know already knew what the good cards were. They had even practiced it a bunch, and so they could dominate their pre-releases. And they already knew what the chase cards were and the prices had settled. It was very sad and disappointing. Huh. So how did they solve this problem? Did they just stop uploading the sets until the day of? No, no, they did that again with Conflux. It was really funny. But no, I mean, <laughs> they just did a better job protecting them. But it was, uh, you okay. know, it's not the, this is not going to obviously be the first or last time we find out about stuff way too early in Magic's history. So, All right, well, let me interject with a card. I want to talk about the original Mana Leak itself. This was a common in Stronghold. One in a blue for an instant counter-target spell unless its controller pays three with some very cool Christopher Rush art. This is the OG as far as where the leak effect name comes from and is a really strong counterspell. This was played, it's a, still a cube staple and it was played across a bunch of different formats because it's only two mana and because three is a lot of mana to pay. Unlike a lot of these effects, it's relevant in the late game. Yes. And yeah, if you're in a control control matchup, maybe not as much, but it's uh, very powerful. It is, and they've nerfed it. So we've seen things like Revolutionary Rebuff or something like uh, Thassa's Rebuff, which is kind of a play off of it. But these are they've scaled down the power of this effect because Mana Leak is way too good. Like the last time we saw it in a standard format, it also had Snapcaster Mage. So it just Ugh. tilted people off the planet Earth, be, you know, having their stuff Mana Leaked or um, just mana leak multiple times in general like it's but it's yeah it's very powerful um and i i agree there's a couple of different arts for mana leak but the christopher rush art is the nearest and dearest to my heart and it'll be until the end of time yeah we pay three for this effect now and usually mm -hmm. those cards have a way to either reduce the cost or do something else and and maybe make it a little easier for you a metallic rebuke's a good example it's basically three mana mana leak that has improvise or mystical dispute was a three mana mana leak that cost less if you target a blue spell but it turns out mana leak or in other words a two mana mana leak is just too powerful exactly and they've done things like whirlwind denial which is kind of an uber mana leak mm -hmm. right where it could counter a bunch of stuff at once but i mean it's still three mana like the there's really a reason no one wants to play cancel which is a three mana counter spell versus the original which is the two mana counter spell which is much much stronger yeah, turns out that's a big line as far as countering spells. All right, let's hear about another card leak. Yeah, so the next leak we're going to talk about is one of the most monumental and impactful leaks that Wizards has ever had to tackle with, and it was very confusing to follow in real time. So this was initially spoiled on a website called MTG News, which became MTG Salvation. I was a poster on there. I'm not going to reveal my username, but let's just say I was a degenerate poster and I played a lot of three card blind. So if you really want to find out, go nuts. You can investigate based on that. But it was the nexus for magic rumors and news because one of the moderators, whose name was Rankard Elf, was the guy for sharing spoilers and for sharing reprints and news and such. Uh, Rankard Elf had a, like, had a, a, famous history of like being able to find a ton of spoilers and a ton of upcoming news that he would verify and you could trust Rankard Elf to share spoilers and all these other, you know, leaked card information that came out. 
Um, so 2005, he posted three playtest cards for an upcoming set. And what was weird about it was one was a reprint, which was Daru Sanctifier from Legions. And then there's two other playtest cards for an upcoming set that seemed fake. Yeah, so the reprint was Daru Sanctifier, which was originally from Legions. It was a morph that you could turn up to destroy an enchantment. And that ended up actually not being reprinted in mm-hmm. the set. The other two are a card that was called Flanker's Flanker, which ended up being Cavalry Master, and then Faresian Twin Guard, which ended up being Faresian Interceptor. So these were all white cards that were designed to be in the set. Yeah, and they were clearly playtest cards, clearly taken from very proprietary and confidential sources from Wizards. And people didn't believe they were real. I was one of those people who believed these were fake. I didn't think they were real cards at all i didn't no one really understood what was up with him and so they were posted and kind of forgotten but he rankard elf and 10 other people were actually sued by wizards of the coast for getting this information and because of that the big sources of leaks and rumors for a long time were shut down but people like spoilers you can't stop that so it made wizards start to rethink about how they would do spoilers and how they would share news about their cards with the public which we'll talk about how it kind of evolved after that. But Rankard Elf never posted again after that. He got sued in oblivion. had to pay like $500,000 according to settlement figures or whatever it was. Um, and people Whoa. didn't realize it was real at all until Time Spiral came out a year later. Did they mm-hmm. release the terms of that? That doesn't make sense. I mean, it must have just been rumored about, right? It was rumored about, yeah. I, I think there, yeah. Was like a, there was like a settlement. There was like a court document that came out that people saw with the terms maybe if i remember correctly because it it was this was printed as fact in mtg wiki so Mm -hmm. that news must have came out somewhere or he must have shared it but i mean like that's also not crazy to share how much they had to pay or something but it was it was wild i think that's correct i'd have to go verify that so don't don't take that as gospel all right listeners you can tell us if that's correct or not you can get your your sleuthing tools on that is a particularly wild one. Wow. And uh, Mark Rosewater actually wrote an article called Law and Order in his Making Magic column uh, in 2006 that outlined the whole process and, you know, talking talk about the lawyers and the lawsuit and everything else and how um, it, it was surprisingly direct for what we hear from Wizards about this stuff these days. But we'll get to yeah, that later, it- too. And the huge impact of it, too, was that they used to involve players to play test cards. Like Mm -hmm. that was one of the things. And that's how these came out. That was basically what people figured out and that got shut down. And so they shifted it to having internal resources to play test these cards instead, which is still followed to this day. They hire pros to do it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well then let's talk about another variant of mana leak. This is actually the first ever card that required the caster of a spell to pay additional mana to prevent the spell from being countered. This is Power Sync, originally from Alpha at Common. It was X and a blue for an instant, and you counter-target spell unless its controller pays X. If that player doesn't, they tap all lands with mana abilities they control, and they lose all their unspent mana, which is an interesting ability, you know, was relevant for mana burn. You had to empty the mana pool, as it were. I'm going to read the original rules text on this just because I like rules text and alpha cards. It was, target spell is countered unless its caster spends X more mana, semicolon. Caster of target spell can't choose to let it be countered. If caster of target spell doesn't have enough mana, all available mana from lands and mana pool must be paid, but target spell will still be countered. So I used to play this back in the day 
just because I liked trying to make my opponent tap out. Like, they would cast a spell, I would power sync it, they would tap all their lands, and then next turn I'd play Stasis. Yeah, as you should. Keep those lands yeah. tapped. Yeah, it, it's pretty good. <laughs> I like the fact that this had that whole mana removing ability. They used to be thing and blue for a little bit in the beginning because there's like mana short that tried to do the same thing. And then there was mm-hmm. power word command that also tried to do the same thing. But those are both not good. <laughs> I also played a bunch of mana short back in the day. So, okay, my bad. <laughs> but yeah, no, 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 my bad, out. my bad. It was bad. It was bad. You were right. Yeah. Well, because it turns out like you could just float the mana in response and do something with that mana. So it was going to be unspent anyway, but at least it was used on a spell. So that that's usually that's how it came up against me. And I was very frustrated why the cool card with a rose and a petal following wasn't mm-hmm. good. But what do I know? I think that uh, I think that you guys were playing that wrong because it was supposed to make them tap all their lands and then they they lose all that unspent mana. I so. got cheated when I was in fifth grade. That's all I'm saying. Like, now I'm mad. <laughs> I, I think you're right. <laughs> all right, why don't you tell us about the next one? This one is probably the biggest one. And I think a lot of our listeners will probably be a little bit familiar with it. Yeah, this is this is definitely the biggest, most consequential leak. Like, just a tad more than the Time Spiral bonus sheet one. This is the new Phyrexia Godbook controversy. So let's go back in time. At one point in Magic history, Magic had trade publications for fans, like magazines like Scry and Inquest. And did you, you have Inquest, right? Like, I remember you have old Inquest magazines. No, no, no. I have uh, the first couple issues of Scry, number one oh, that's two, right. with all the, you know, $15 Black Lotus prices and all that. That's right. So people, I, I used to read The Duelist myself. Like, you know, these were these were cool, but the internet kind of phased yeah. them out of existence, right? And the um, Duelist was the one that Wizards published, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And it turned into top deck, and I'm just a nerd for authority at that point in my life, so <laughs> I didn't go with the cool magazines. So even in 2011, there was still a handful left over, um, Like, but star- sites like Star City Games and Channel Fireball had already kind of had a stranglehold on the whole like magic strategy and information sharing for in competitive magic in general, but there was still a magazine that was printed in France called Lotus Noir. And Lotus Noir had an editor named Guillaume Matignon, who was a high-level French pro, and in 2011, the reigning world champion. One of his assignments was he was assigned to preview and write the impact articles for the upcoming set of the time, which was new Phyrexia. Now, do you remember, you were you, you were, this is just right before you're playing Magic, right, Dave? Oh, this is well before I came back in Theros, yeah. Okay, yeah, so there was a whole buildup with this where, like, they tease like, what is going to, is it mirrored and pure or new Phyrexia? Like no one knew what the outcome of this thing was. And right before they were going to spoil the set, they wizards was like, Oh, it's new Phyrexia. Your mind's going to be blown. This is ridiculous set. Um, so in order for these magazines though, to be able to write stuff, time, uh, timely articles on it, when these sets came out, they were given the entire spoiler, right? They were given what was called a God book. Mm-hmm. So they could go through the set, look at the spoilers and read it, but they were, um, not allowed to publish until the set came out. That was the trade-off. Um, they're also not allowed to share the information. So, but unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, you for, would think, yeah, right. That was that was legal. But Guillaume Matignon though did share this information with his teammate Guillaume Wafotapa, who was also a major French pro. 
And then Wafo Tapa also shared it with David Gautier, which he was a rando. I don't even know who he was. But they did it so that he could get a leg up on testing it for competitive play. That so, seems like it would be frowned upon. It Well, yeah, you would be correct, right? Um, <laughs> the, the problem is, is that Gautier also shared it with a bunch of his friends. Mm. And this was the internet. So it spread like wildfire. So as someone who was experiencing this in real time, I remember the one random weekend in April when like there was rumors and there was like messages of like, Hey, there's the, here's the new Phyrexia set. And you didn't know if it was real or not, but it was true. That's how it came out was that they, the entire new Phyrexia set was spoiled months before the set, like right before the set was supposed to be previewed. And, um, Eventually, Wizard suspended Matignon from competitive play for three years, and Wafo Tapa got a year of suspension, and Gauthier also got a year of suspension. Aaron Forsythe wrote a whole article basically saying he was big mad, and they were not going to do spoilers because everyone knew what the constants were. Um, but it also changed how they did spoilers, because this was the final reckoning for people like to see these cards early. Mm-hmm. And so they started to share more and more with creators and with influencers magic cards the point where this is kind of the direct effect of a entire like year-long spoiler season was because you know a bunch of frenchmen decided that they wanted to leg up on their competition so they were going to share the new Phyrexia godbook and now we get them rolled out uh slow and sassy slow and sassy and way too many of them just way too many spoilers yeah i don't i don't mind a perpetual spoiler season but we are currently in Phyrexia All is One spoiler season, which has been leaking out since, uh, I don't know, I feel like November forever. So, yep. yeah. Yeah, it's eight eons in magic history. Pretty wild, though, that we got a pretty positive result from this of the content creators and everything being able to share cards and feel like ownership over cards. I, I think that's that's really neat. All right, well, I will take over for a moment and talk about another mana leak this is syncopate this is a nice one originally a common from odyssey x and a blue for an instant counter target spell unless its controller pays x if that spell is countered this way exile it instead of putting it into its owner's graveyard we got a reprint of this in return to ravnica and one in dominaria and then we also had an innistrad crimson vow so it's become a card that they have been willing to reprint i think we're going to continue to see it show up in standard doesn't get a lot of standard play, but a really nice variable counterspell and one that I really, really like for limited, especially because it exiles and that just seems more and more relevant today. Absolutely. And it is one of Blue's few tools for like dealing with quote unquote graveyards because it really only deals with a spell, mm-hmm. but it like gives Blue a tool to like exile a flashback spell or some spell that can get unearthed or whatever nonsense you're dealing with. Um, yeah. And it is. Blue is the weakest, as uh, the color with the weakest graveyard hate. So it's you know, give it a little something, but not, not ridiculously, you know, make it ridiculous. Yeah, normally the graveyard hate we get in blue is you know everybody shuffles their graveyard back into their library or something, and that's just not particularly interesting. But this is definitely a nice way to to get rid of that one creature that you just can't deal with that keeps coming back. Uh, yeah. Best syncopate art. Do you have any opinions on this? You know what. I'm normally a sucker for like the old art, but I want to say that the Dominaria art's pretty good. Yeah, I'm super into the Dominaria art. This is uh, Tommy Arnold, and it's Teferi just kind of dismissing what's happening around him. That's uh, that's my winner for sure. All right, well, I think we're here. We're to the modern day. 
Why don't you talk yes. a little bit about Phyrexia All Is One? This was a big, yes. big mistake. Huge oopsie. So <laughs> all these previously, and also there's some other minor ones that we didn't cover. Like we're not going to cover every single leak because there's been so many in Magic's history. Like you can, if you want to argue with us that we should include like the Exelon eBay foil sheet thing, that's fine. But hmm. whatever, someone just got their hands on a foil sheet and sold it on eBay. I don't know. That happens all the time. But uh, this one's hilarious. So if I remember correctly, people were just opening packs of Dominary Remastered and there was just rares of Phyrexia All is One in there instead. Yeah, it looks like some printer, one of the many that Wizards has been using, maybe just took a wrong rare sheet and just dumped them into packs because the leaks were all rares, not the Mm -hmm. mythics, just the rares. Although... Some of those have popped out other ways by uh, a very common way that we see leaks now is through things like advertising materials where they pop up early, especially given the the global nature of the game. But yeah, people just started opening their Dominaria remastered cards and were like, uh, these this are, are not Dominaria remastered cards. No, no, we have every single rare, which points to the printer again, just was like mixed up the rare sheets. <laughs> And packed them the wrong way. <laughs> I like that you called it an oopsie because that definitely feels what it is. And it doesn't hurt my spoiler season at all because I am looking for those commons and uncommons. I'm just, I'm all about that drafting. So yes, I guess this may be the problem with printing cards nonstop for every different set at every printer you can get your hands on. Something like this was probably inevitable. I'm surprised it hasn't happened earlier, which maybe just is wizard's quality control. But you have to understand, Wizards, you know this, Wizards completes their sets months ahead of time. Oh, yeah. It takes a solid, what, three months just to print cards and package them and make sure that you printed the right ones and all that. So it it's not really shocking that this has come out, but it's just shocking that this is, again, in, in, in the eternal spoiler season and internal magic set release season, this is the first time that's happened. I guess we were due. I do find it interesting that Scryfall, which normally avoids leaks, just kind of said, look, these cards are in packs. They're all over the internet. They were legally obtained. So we're just going to put up these terrible images of them on our site and wait for the real ones. So beyond that, I think it was interesting that Wizards acknowledged this. And you and I had been talking about, are they going to say something about this? They normally don't, but they, they made the decision that like, yeah, we just wanted to say, hey, we know this is out there, you know, people might not want to see him and we're going to continue on with our regular spoiler season as if they didn't happen, which I think is is certainly the right move. I do always, when I see these things feel bad for the people who are probably very excited that wizards selected them to spoil a card from the upcoming set, because it kind of takes a little bit of the wind out of the sails, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, people will still be excited for the cards. I would still be excited to have a preview card. Oh, absolutely. There's more opportunities to make up for it. I, I don't know. Yeah, I hope the folks who had rares for this one get a, a chance with the, the next set as well to get to release something cool. All right, let's talk about one more card that is a leak. Uh, it's not going to be a mana leak this time. It's going to be Power Leak. There's another card originally from Alpha. It's just, you know, one of the most famous original leaks in Magic. This is one in a blue for an enchantment aura, originally a common. It enchants an enchantment. So love that phrase, which, by the way, was just the original type line on the alpha card. There were no auras, so it was just enchant enchantment. At the beginning of the upkeep of Enchanted Enchantment's controller, that's a mouthful, that player may pay any amount of mana, 
Power Leak deals two damage to that player. Prevent X of that damage, where X is the amount of mana that the player paid this way. So this was a common theme in Alpha. There were a bunch of enchantments that would deal one damage to the controller of a permanent during their upkeep. So Cursed Land was a land, Feedback was an enchantment, Wanderlust was a creature, and Warp Artifact was an artifact. This one was a little different because it was two damage and it let you pay to prevent that damage, which was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I thought there was another one like this, and it I looked it up, and it turns out that Errant Minion from Ice Age was exactly this text, except it was a card that enchanted a creature instead of enchanting an enchantment. And that card had art from Harold McNeil, who's an actual Nazi, so we don't need to say anything more about it, because it will never be reprinted with the original art. No. I do love that these are all now uh, color pie breaks. Like yeah. The idea that black would get some true land hate, but it's just paying the person? Mm-hmm. Why isn't that red? It wasn't, because who the hell knows? <laughs> yeah, that's a little weird. I also don't understand why Wanderlust is a green card that you put on their creature to have it deal a damage to them. None, none of this actually makes sense. I do like the space for artifacts in black where it's like, I can't destroy the artifact, but maybe I'll just make it painful for you to have it. Maybe that's space we could continue to explore. They do that a lot where it lets you sacrifice something, but this, this didn't even give that option. It's just like, well, I guess my soul ring is going to deal me one damage every turn. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. One damage a turn. What am I going to do with all this mana still? <laughs> oh man. Early magic was weird. <laughs> Early magic was weird. Well, that's a bunch of leaked cards and a bunch of leaked cards. And I hope that was informative. It was definitely informative to me. Thanks again for doing all of the the research and the work on this. I know this is something that you are very familiar with. Before we go, I thought I would add and contribute. And I wanted to give the listeners a little American history lesson. So here are my picks for the top five leaks in American history. Are you ready for this history lesson? I'm down. Okay. Uh, at number five is special order 191 so during the civil war some union soldiers discovered an envelope while they were making camp in an area that a confederate general had just vacated and inside the envelope were three cigars and they were wrapped in a piece of paper and that piece of paper turned out to be special order 191 which provided very detailed information about confederate troop movements and turned out to likely be pivotal in the union repelling the confederates at antietam known as the bloodiest battle in American history, where like 23,000 died on both sides combined. It actually could have been more devastating for the Confederates, but despite verifying the handwriting of the orders as someone who was this general who, you know, was was in power, um, the Union thought it could have been a trap or that Lee could have turned his army a different direction, so they moved really slowly to adapt to it. Regardless, it could have turned the tide at Antietam, which... The results of that battle spurred Lincoln to issue the Emancipation Proclamation. So kind of a big deal altogether in the Civil War. Yes. Yes. Very big deal. And the only thing I have to add to this was that my AP U.S. history teacher said that if um, Antietam was people running around a battlefield up to their knees in blood, uh, Gettysburg (laughs) was a battlefield where people were running up to their knees in diarrhea. So that was the (laughs) how I remembered both of those battles. Okay, that's good. Yeah, a lot of dysentery at uh, at Gettysburg, I'm sure. Well, because they all, they, from what I remember, Lee went up to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, because he wanted his boys to have cherries in the spring, and they did just that, and that's why it was a battlefield diarrhea. <laughs> that is, uh, that is horrifying. 
Um, I'll also note that this is the only leak I put on this list that was an unintentional leak. The others were all on purpose. Uh, mm -hmm. Number four is WikiLeaks. Don't need to talk too much about this because it's more recent. People probably know what this is, but Julian Assange and his uh, his people, the WikiLeaks people, released a bunch of documents basically exposing a bunch of state secrets like horrifying human rights violations committed by the U.S. and other quote-unquote Western countries. Um, it's here because it's a huge development for leaks and secrecy in the digital age. Uh, leaked documents were used by lawyers for Guantanamo detainees, for example. They made public a bunch of assorted financial malfeasance by very rich people. This is where we got all those weird internal documents from the Church of Scientology and a bunch of diplomatic cables. And WikiLeaks generally created a pretty robust debate about the nature of what should be public that definitely continues. This has also been an inspiration for leakers around the world. I mean, I don't know what we would know about like Jeffrey Epstein, for example, if not for WikiLeaks, besides obviously that he didn't kill himself in prison. All right, moving on. Uh, <laughs> the look you're giving me there is hilarious. <laughs> Oh, I it I, I I was a journalism major twice over in my um in college. Well, by that I mean I got a master's and a bachelor's. Okay, I was gonna say, did you get a bachelor's and then another bachelor's? That's really interesting. Yeah, no, but um, I I was in school when WikiLeaks happened, and I would I could safely say that WikiLeaks without WikiLeaks, you probably wouldn't have had the um Chelsea Manning State Department leaks. With Absolutely the correct. Yep. And then also with um, Edward Snowden either. So WikiLeaks yep. was kind of primed the pump for like, maybe these things are bad. And so when you hear about the fact that maybe the NSA is spying on everyone, that doesn't sound so crazy when WikiLeaks first said a lot of crazy stuff. So, Yeah, absolutely. Number three is the Pentagon Papers. The Pentagon Papers were a top secret study of U.S. participation in Vietnam commissioned by the Secretary of Defense, then Robert McNamara. And they said a bunch of really unflattering things about things that we did and how the war was going and how it was basically unwinnable. And a guy named Daniel Ellsberg, who was a former Pentagon employee who worked for the Rand Corporation, was working for Rand on the study, decided to take a bunch of the Pentagon papers, basically like a finalish version, to the New York Times, who then published part of them on the front page. And then a bunch of wackiness ensued, like the Nixon administration got a court order to stop the Times from publishing more. And... So then Ellsberg released the papers to the Washington Post and ran around hiding from the FBI for a few weeks. And after about two weeks of that, the Supreme Court ruled in a landmark freedom of the press case, New York Times versus United States, that uh, they could resume publishing the papers. Ellsberg, as a note, later turned himself in and was charged with espionage, but the charges were all eventually dropped. And this release of the Pentagon Papers is specifically what inspired the formation of WikiLeaks in the first place. For the record, I enjoyed Steven Spielberg's movie about this called The Post. It's from the Washington Post perspective. I think it's definitely worth a watch. Yes. It's a little weird that Steven Spielberg decided to profile The Post and Catherine Graham and not, and Ben Bradley, I should say, if not, you know, yep. the New York Times. But you know what? Still a great movie. Um, this is also instrumental in overturning a lot of bad precedents from World War One about mm -hmm. uh, freedom of the press, basically. I can't remember the name of the original 1919. I think it was the Sedition Laws. This established, I think, overturned the clear and present danger standard, if I remember correctly. I don't know. All I know is the press got to run wild and it eventually led to Nixon's downfall because the Supreme Court was rightfully skeptical of any and all of his arguments about press freedom. So, well, if we're going to continue to talk about Richard Nixon, we might as well go to number two, which is Watergate. I'm guessing some people thought this would be number one, but we'll get there. So President Richard Nixon, who until recently was in conversation for worst president in American history, covered up a bunch of the misdeeds of himself and his cronies, including a break-in at the DNC at the Watergate Hotel, which 
as you know, as a resident of the District of Columbia, is still there. I've been to like yeah. normal events at the Watergate, and it's really weird to, to do that. So anyway, a guy who was identified by codename Deep Throat, which was both a reference to the fact that he was kind of deep undercover and also the uh, 1972 pornographic film. This guy turned out to be an associate director of the FBI named Mark Felt, which is just very interesting for a lot of reasons. But he leaked a bunch of information about all of uh, this Nixon malfeasance to two Washington Post reporters, famously Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein. And they pursued the story for years. And their, dis- and their disclosures led to, among other things, the resignation of a president, which is kind of a big deal. Uh, I love Watergate. All I can wholeheartedly recommend all the President's Men, both the book and the movie. Fantastic reads. Um, my only cool factoid about this was that in the movie All the President's Men, there's an establishing shot where Dustin Hoffman, who's playing Carl Bernstein, walks into a house uh, like in the first third of the movie to talk to a source. Um, that coincidentally was the, the uh, like townhouse farm in McLean that my grandparents and my aunt lived in eventually and in fact the house that he walks into is next door to the one my aunt eventually moved into in the 90s so really huh. wild to like watch that and then like jump up in my high school journalism class and be like oh my god my aunt lived in that house like kind of insane. <laughs> that that's really nice you got a little personal connection to the film i uh don't really have any personal connections to uh to watergate other than i did go to the same law school as richard nixon um, they don't really, uh, they don't really brag about that. No, there's no portrait. There's no, yeah, let's keep that under wraps. Uh, number one of the Hutchinson letters. So before the full blown American revolution started, the appointed governor of Massachusetts was a guy named Thomas Hutchinson and his Lieutenant governor, Andrew Oliver and him wrote a bunch of letters to the British government, casually claiming things like, you know, these American colonists would never really be able to have the full rights of British citizens. And you know, this governor's council that we have that's elected by the assembly, we should replace that with one that's like selected entirely by the crown. Um, not things that like the American citizens really wanted to hear, but these were confidential letters. Well, these letters were mysteriously obtained by one Benjamin Franklin who shared them with some friends and they got a couple yucks. And then funny, they were suddenly published in the Boston Gazette, which was a major paper in the day. And though by the time these were published in 1773, many of the letters were a couple years old, people went badonka bonkers and... (laughs) They burned Hutchinson and Oliver in effigy in the town square, and people started openly rebelling against certain British rules, including, for example, the Tea Act. And then in December, six months later, the Boston Tea Party happened. And the uprising that this created was potentially foundational in the way the American Revolution played out. And so I feel like if we're talking about American history, that's got to be number one. Yeah. I mean, I actually don't know a lot about the Hutchinson letters, so this was very informative for me, too. Um I, 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 debatable whether it should be number one, but you know what? Yeah, it's number one. Look, we got to rank everything. This is what we do. This is what we do in, by, on the podcast <laughs> and in real life. Uh, I have two quick honorable mentions. One to the biggest leak in my magic game, attacking when it feels right instead of doing detailed combat math. You know, shrug, I get lazy sometimes. Uh, it sometimes bites me. Christian, what's the biggest leak in your game? Uh, it's tunneling when playing, so I will just tunnel and just focus on one line of play and get blown out by something. And it, uh, I try to take a step back, but honestly, I still do it. Like I focus on like I need to kill this thing instead of being like, how do I win? And mm. you know, sometimes it's got to kill the thing though. It's got to die. <laughs> Cause me a lot of pain and injury. I want to kill it. I need to kill it. 
Uh, one other honorable mention to Shannon Hoon, the late singer of the band Blind Melon, who released two pretty dope albums in 1992 and 1995, are mostly known to the extent they're known at all these days for their hit No Rain. Uh, in 1993, in a show in Vancouver while on stage, he peed into the crowd and was arrested. Why? I don't know, man. Uh, well, I don't know why he peed into the crowd. I know why he was arrested is because he peed into the crowd. Uh, but young David, when reading about this, found this fascinating and confusing and still remembers it to this day. Uh, that is a, a pretty serious leak if it happened uh, 30 years ago. And I still think about it sometimes. Yeah. Also, R.I.P. Shannon Hoon, who died in 1995 and really kind of cut off uh, was a very promising uh, career of the band Blind Melon. Yeah, I mean, all I have to say is heroin's a hell of a drug. Don't do heroin. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's not a great thing. One other thing before we go that I want to mention so Wizards did a really cool thing where they released on the website the Phyrexian alphabet in an article, and I can put a link to this in the show notes, and they released a pronunciation guide in Phyrexian, which I'm taking as a slap directly in my face because I've been Offentive. asking for a pronunciation guide, and then they give us one in Phyrexian, but not the card names in English. Wizards, I know what you're doing. Blake, I'm looking at you. Mark Rosewater, we've talked about this. Multiple times in person. Pronunciation guide. When's it going to happen? Not a Phyrexian one. Just like a regular, here are the names of our fantasy creatures and places. I I think we should, as a protest against this slight against our life, just mispronounce everything in our upcoming fact show about Phyrexial's one. So, who gets completed? You mean, you mean Phyrex, Phyrexiaing? Phyrexia, all is one. Yeah, so like Jossi, Jossi, I think is the one that gets completed. Is that right? <laughs> you know, Jossi like, and and uh, V Raska, V Raska. Yeah, uh, V Raska was a yeah. I liked her a lot. You know, I don't think PMP. this is going to work. I don't think we're going to be able to do it. I think our what we should do is continue to do our best, uh, but just be mad about it on the inside. I'm going to be so mad. I'm going to be so mad. Me too. Solidarity, Um, my brother. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter. Yeah, we're still there at our handle at MemoryJarMTG. We would love your feedback. Please tell us what cards you want to remember. And if you have any leaks, uh, don't send them to us because I don't want to get sued. Yes. Again, special thanks to Chris Yates for the logo. We greatly appreciate it. You can, I guess, still find Chris on Twitter at CMY Company. That's company with a K. And until next time, Loose lips do sink ships. So, still tell us your secrets. Please gossip <laughs> to us. We do like gossip, just no leaks. Please give us all the good, juicy goss you can handle. <laughs>